This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart. But we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. You're listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm your podcast host, Orlando Murrin, and on this show, we're going to talk about some brilliant recipes and we'll even be tasting some of Tom's own creations. Welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm your host, Orlando Murrin, and we have in the studio today chefs Edson and Natalie Diaz-Fuentes, because we're talking about Mexican food. Edson, would you like to tell us about your restaurant, what it's called and where it is? Yeah, absolutely. It's Santo Remedio. We are based in London Bridge. And we have been trading there for the last three years. And I've been in the country for the last six, seven years. And this is authentic Mexican. So we're not talking about Tex-Mex. We're not talking about the what many people would regard as a, a typical Mexican meal, which is kind of pile up of cheese and tomato and tacos mm. and things like that. This is real Mexican food that you're doing because you're 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 actual Mexican, aren't you? Well, that's the thing. Yes, I'm from Mexico City, so I'm real Mexican and proper Mexican. And um, yes, I guess that the recipes are authentic and recipes that I learn or uh, I've been shown or I've just literally discovered from my family recipes or the places, taco stands that I've eaten in Mexico or restaurants that I've been, you know, in, in Mexico. But I also do things non-traditional, like non-traditional, which I also think are fun and they're tasty and people like it. So, yeah. Were you always a chef? Did you always want to be a chef? I've always liked and enjoyed food. Um, but I came, um, I guess that I'm, I love cooking and I became a chef because I wanted to open Santa Romedio. So um, I never trained as a chef. I've just like literally been uh, like tried to dig in into the recipes and restaurants and my friends chefs in Mexico, they have sent me a lot of things to learn and read and replicate here. Yeah, no, I have never been to Mexico and I would love to go. And I'd love to go 
but I'd love to go. I'd love to go with somebody like yourself that takes me there, that shows me the city, that shows me around, shows me because lots of people from from here we go we go on holiday to Mexico. Yeah. Lots of people go on holiday, but it's not the same. You go into a Mexican coastline that could be, I mean, it could be in Florida, we could be in Future Ventura, we could be somewhere in Spain. Like when you stay in an all inclusive hotel and it's all, it's not real. It's, it's not, not real. real. It's yeah. not under the skin. I would if I if I go to Mexico, I want to go with somebody like yourselves that could show me the city, show me the places, go and meet go and meet the guys go and see the food scratch under the surface get real mexican food i mean it happens to us i i, I was born in mexico city and i left the city 18 years ago and we were just a few weeks back in mexico city for family reasons at the beginning of the year and the taxi driver the uber driver was telling us like he was a little bit grumpy because we had you know mexico city is huge two hours from one place to another traffic jam you know she got tired and then he was a little bit grumpy And we started talking about food, and he was suddenly like, oh, man, I know this tortilla place. I know this taco stand. So it was like, the conversation turned very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and even Taxi for drivers me, always know where to eat. And yeah. even for me, that I grew up in Mexico City, obviously 18 years later, I don't really know where is actually the spot for this fabulous, you know, taco place in the new, in, in the, in the new corner. So, um, yeah, definitely you need to travel with a local and um, let's put a date somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> Natalie, you're the other half of this partnership uh, in the in the restaurant. Um, and you also w did not start as a chef, did you? Well, I'm not a chef. I, mean, I, don't, I don't do any of the cooking. I run um, more the, the front of house and, and all that. I was a journalist um, and oh. I was on maternity leave when... Uh, we decided to open the first original pop-up Santa Remedio. And, and that was in Shoreditch. That was is in that Shoreditch. Right? In... I mean, I, this is, is an amazing story, but I am thinking the two of you are most definitely crazy because you're not trained as a chef. You're on maternity leave as a journalist <laughs> with a very good job. And you just go, do you know what? I'm not going to go back there. Let's open a restaurant. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> you jump, I jump. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do what? Okay. <laughs> We're sitting in front of some very delicious looking pieces of food. Could you explain what they are? So here we have um, some guacamole, which I think every Mexican restaurant or every Mexican house or every Mexican region has, but everyone has their own recipe, their own style. This is how we serve it at Santa Maria. Is Rebellion. it a secret how you make it? <laughs> well, Edson's in charge of making the food. I'm the official taster. <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes the food. Could you pronounce that again? <laughs> Guacamole. Okay, ah. see, everybody else, like me, uh, guacamole, you, call it, <laughs> you don't pronounce the G. Mm. No. No. Right. Okay, there we go. Learn something new already. And what's on top of it? We have some, uh, so it's a, obviously a beautiful green color, and we have some blackish items on yeah, top of actually, it. Yeah, actually, those are um, morita chilies, which are chipotle chilies, just so we can try and smell. But how we serve at the restaurant is with grasshoppers. You're, so, you're kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the... Is that gra that's gra grasshoppers in that bowl? So we have, a, we have a little bowl. How can we describe these, Tom? Well, you describe them as uh, like the future small, of small little dried, um, small little dried grasshoppers. Like they are tiny little. Oh, there's a crunchy. Tiny little dried grasshoppers. I should say to listeners that they're not actually alive. They're not no, moving. No, I'm not eating a live one. I, said, <laughs> I mean, would, I had. You would if you had to, though, wouldn't you? Uh, well, I, yeah, if I had to, yeah. However, I have eaten these before, and they are um, the best way of describing them is a bit like a, a seasoning. Use mm -hmm. it. They're, they're a little bit like it's a little bit like a twiglet, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that hollow crunch, bit smaller. Um, is there a slight spice on them? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got... roast them and we so have some lime. So they're grasshoppers. Yeah. Right. I mean, actually, those are uh, grown Go in on, Yeah. Um, in a farm in Ealing, and we get. We used to have our grasshoppers from Mexico. Um, there's a huge. Um, Oaxaca City in the state of Oaxaca City is very traditional to eat grasshoppers. Um, actually, we have on the table also chikatana ants, which are the flying ants. That um, ah, fly- there's a dish of flying ants. Um, which for <laughs> me, um, we don't have at the restaurant, but um, I get. I mean, just came back from Oaxaca City a few weeks back, and they are. Toffee, chocolate, coffee flavor. We season with bacon, just toast. Bacon flavor. Bacon they are. flavor. Yeah. Um, and they're amazing. And people, those moles, a whole salsa made of that. Just really? a little bit of garlic, tomato, and roasted onion. And in the molcajete, and they just literally, uh, like a mortar and pestle style, molcajete, just, they just grind it and make salsa. So, the, so these ants, I mean, again, describing these, they're... they're like they're big, they're big ants that, but they've been they're dried and hollow. There's no, there's nothing kind of to them. It's just again like a, a kind of like I suppose like a dried husk, like a, a an olive if it was dried out or something. And it's crispy and it's crunchy, and you can imagine how you make it. And it's up, and it and it tastes. See, I've had these grasshoppers before, but I had them from um, I've had ants before, but I had them from uh, part of Brazil. But mm. they taste like lemongrass, so they're okay. quite they're quite yes. they're, they're really quite fragrant and mm-hmm. amazing. I've not had ones like that before, and they're quite they're quite like you say you mentioned do- chocolate like tones coffee, and dark and coffee. Yeah, 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 you can. That's a real undertone of flavour that comes from that. And all the flavour is sorry, it's um, it's just the fat. If you squeeze the 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 the, the ant, so it's just fat, um, and that's what you know. Like we love fat. Yeah, we fat love flavour. I mean, avocado is fat, you know, like um, lard, and we obviously get the flavor from the from the fat and is it normal in mexico to eat insects i mean does it everyone eat insects it is normal is that yeah. always has been or is it a always new, has new been thing uh, pre-hispanic uh, time so you're Hispanic ahead times. of the head of the rest of the world on this because it's only just catching on now yeah you're not selling insects yet tom not. in your restaurants the time will no, come i suspect won't well it? yeah i imagine i mean i don't know probably you know people talk about insects and mealworms and the way that things are going to go and how you can use them as a form of protein mm-hmm. i get it i mean I, I and i understand how it can move that way however these are grasshoppers and ants that are indigenous to, to mexico to mexico yeah, exactly. so it's kind of like how we do it in this country i mean we're still eating food in europe that is european based we haven't got ants quite that big you know yeah. That, that, yeah. that kind of so uh, until there is a process of going there but yeah i mean you can see it's the food of the future and you can quite easily close your mind to this and go oh, no i'm not going to eat ants i'm not eating grass it's a form of protein like it's it, and it's it, it's they're not alive it's not a thing you know it's just it's a flavor profile and it's yeah. a thing so you you have to be able to switch your mind up like i mean in france they're eating snails and frogs eggs you know it's yeah. the same so it's just it's a normal process it's just you know it, i'm pretending to be shocked but to be honest it just looks like a little bowl of spices really yeah. and they're tasty and they've got a nice texture so yeah. what's not to like so would you serve those sprinkled on the Guacamole. Oh, the guacamole. Um, the grasshoppers, yes. Not the ants. The grasshoppers. Oh, um, not the ants. The ants no, are no, saved for a separate the, purpose. Yeah, yes. the <laughs> ants. Yeah, the ants are just, just for. Um, I occasionally do catering, you know, at private events, but we don't have it in the restaurant all the time. It's difficult to get them. Even in Mexico, it's difficult to get the ants. They, are they come limited. out of the ground the first rainy season right. of the year um, in places like the region of Oaxaca or Oaxaca City. So even in Mexico, um, you know, you mentioned, is it normal to eat them? The grasshoppers, you walk down the street and go to markets and you see them pile really high in baskets and they've got different seasonings. Some have more lime and salt, some have more chili. 
Um, but these chikatana flying ants are really a delicacy they're even a in delicacy. Mexico, and, and they're used for special sauces for celebratory dishes. And it's only the very beginning of the rainy season where they come out of the ground, and it's like there's really beautiful scenes of children running around trying to catch them. And it's really a celebration to eat these, even in Mexico. Because so. we kind of like have a flying ant day in this country, right? And, <laughs> and it's normally around my birthday at the end of the July or beginning of August <laughs> where flying ants come out and they're around about for a, a day or two. And this, yeah. no one is celebrating that. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And they're, like, and they're only around for like a day or two. Yeah. What about, and so how long are these around for in Mexico? Just for like literally a couple of weeks, and then do you do they do you receive them in in tins or in bottles or in bags or how do they arrive, touch down? So in there England? is um, I I spent a couple of months in a place called Casa Oaxaca Restaurant in Oaxaca City, and the chef Alejandro Ruiz, uh, which is um, a great chef and he knows the region well. He's from Oaxaca City. Um, he has a few restaurants in the city and basically what they do, they just collect the ants and either freeze them or dry them and they store them and they, they are fine. And they just use them for the recipes that they, you know, the mole and the salsas. I've just had a spoon. <laughs> I've just had a spoonful of well, that looks delicious. It's kind of like red salsa. And it is a red salsa. Yeah, fact, it's red. It's red hot. That's red. what it is. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wondered you I mean, looked look very anxious <laughs> for a minute there. Yeah, I was like, I think, I think I went large on that one. I mean, <laughs> so so what, what is the red substance? Um, so it's literally roasted tomatoes, garlic, onion, but um, chipotle, morita, and pasilla chili, which are smoky chilies, are dry. Like morita is a dry... Um, Let's say that chipotle is a jalapeño, red jalapeño, dry, sun-dried, turns into a morita chili. And then there are a few variations of the jalapeño. Could be chipotle meco. And then we other, you use another chili called pasilla de Oaxaca, which is a smoky, very smoky <coughs> flavor profile. And add that smokiness into the salsa. And obviously, the it, it is spicy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is spicy, but I love spicy food. It just caught me by surprise. Tom's it's delicious. Sneezing. No, I, 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 like, I can't wait to get back in for some more. It's lovely. And I love chipotle chilies. I love that smoky warmth, that heat. It's amazing. Yes. So, Edson, yes. would you say that chilies are, as it were, the foundation of Mexican cuisine? Because I just want to step back and, and for our listeners, set up what real Mexican cooking is about. Absolutely. Um, I would say, yes, you're right. Um, chilies in general. Chili, chilies in general. But also uh, beans and also corn. The other thing that I haven't mentioned is the, the totopos, what we call in Mexico, normally called tortilla chips or chips. Um, it's blue corn and white corn. So we have different varieties of corn in Mexico, like uh, green, sorry, well, blue, yellow, black, red, uh, purple. And I would say that in addition to the chilies you mentioned is the corn, and it's the beans, black uh, black beans, pinto beans, white beans, different kind of beans. So those are the kind of the, the, basic, the basic ingredients, ingredients basic ingredients. in Mexican cooking. Yes. And then we think of it as being spicy, but mm -hmm. is it always spicy or is it sometimes mild? 
<laughs> Why don't we ask yeah. Tom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope he's. I, like to be honest, I don't know enough about Mexican food. But what I do know, what I discover, I, I've loved every single thing. There isn't anything about Mexican food that I've gone. Actually, no, that's not really for me. You know, there's some sort of cuisines that you can work around in world cuisine that you start eating and go, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not. Oh no, that's not true. Actually, I have had something Mexican food years ago. Where I was filming something for the. Uh, it was a BBC show called Food and Drink. We were eating different things from around the world that might be a little bit, no, that's not for me. Something called corn smut, which is... With la coche. Is that what it's called? The, where it's like yes. kind of like fermented, they leave the corn it's on the... the fungus of the yes, corn. Yes, the fungus of the corn. That that wasn't for me, I have to be honest. The the corn is good. That The fungus that grows on the corn and it's le- like that was that wasn't fun. Do you serve that, Edson? Yes, we do. Yeah, is it we popular? have actually a... A corn, like a tamal with, with la coche. It is popular and it's, as Tom said, it's right. I mean, it's the fungus of the corn. And, um, but we need to know how you ate it because it has to be seasoned with garlic, with onion. No, nah, I didn't have it like that. It was well, like, like I was Come and it, have it at the restaurant I, I would, and I'm sure you will love so, it. Okay, great. So it's, it's kind of like trying to convince someone to have seaweed or lava bread. The idea of going, yeah. oh, no, I'm eating seaweed, not like that. However, then once you use it in the process and use it as yeah. an ingredient, it's an ingredient. It suddenly becomes it needs, something else. It needs to go through a process like, for it to taste good, right? Yeah, of course. So many, so many. So I've eaten it badly. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. That's it. I'm on my way to you to eat it much better. <laughs> Is a Mexican meal structured in the traditional European way of a starter, a main course and a dessert? Or is that not how you serve your meals in your restaurant? I think that it could be. And in terms of family sitting, like day to day, yes, you, you have your, your soup, your salad and your main course. But normally... What happens is we do always family style meals that where you put everything on the table. And generally, I think that the fun and the part that we as part as an integral part of Mexican culture is to share all the dishes and to make your own taco, your own style, you know, like put as much salsa you want, <laughs> lime, <laughs> avocado, you know. And um, and actually going back to your question about if it's always spicy, the chili is used a lot for the seasoning to give the dishes flavour. But everywhere you go, you will have a really hot salsa, whether that's because it's got habaneros or other chilies, which you can then add on top. So it's not necessarily integral to the dish, but it will yeah. always be there to add on if you if you want. What and strikes me, so sorry, sorry. What strikes me massively about Mexican food, though, is it's not always, it's about the the small bits of flavour. There's so many different layers and ways of getting flavour. Like if you think of the the, the flavours that go through the guacamole or, or the salsas or the, like everything that you're trying to do is has got so many other layers of ingredients, three or four different types of dried chilli, some smoked, yeah. some not. some, And that's just the salsa to go with yeah. the guacamole that's got another three, four, five, six different ingredients with it to go with something else that's got, there's so much that goes on, so many layers. And it doesn't feel like European food is quite often... Here's a roast chicken and a bit of vegetables to go with it. Here's a, you know, here's a stew, which essentially is a cut of meat with some stock cooked with some vegetables in it. Like there are, you get layers of flavor in it. Whereas Mexican food doesn't seem to focus massively on the big protein center thing. It's got lots and lots of little things to play around with. It feels like it's, it feels like it's, re, it's, it's an adventure and it's fun food. Yeah. That's what I think that going to the market is very interesting and it's still very interesting and appealing because I remember going with my grandma to the market and it was like 
colorful yeah <coughs> yes you think of it yeah. as being a colorful cuisine it's not yeah. it's not the not a brown cuisine is it it's and like then you go through red, one yellow. ale and you smell the tortilla you know the corn how they're making the tortillas and then here they're roasting chilies you know for the mole chocolate. and then over there Everything. they are yeah, yeah exactly chocolate so it's very interesting and 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 it's very diverse and even in one region i think that mexico city it's where you can get the combinations of all different regions from mexican cuisine But uh, only in Oaxaca City as well, it's like from one village to another, the same mole amarillo or mole verde or mole or, or, or whatever other mole, they taste different because they use different chilies, different herbs. And the family actually just put different different layers of flavor. And it's amazing. It's also one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. So you have so many different herbs, so many different chilies, so many different vegetables. And then... Obviously, it has the influence of Spanish cuisine because of what, you know, when the Spanish went to Mexico. But then there's all these flavors and ingredients from pre-Hispanic times, from the Aztecs. So, the you know, it's a vast country. There's all different re- regions with their different food. But then the complexity of the history of Mexico is when you start to mix European ingredients with pre-Hispanic ingredients. You know, the avocado, the cacao, all of those are from pre-Hispanic times. But then you have... Uh, influences of Spanish flavors with olive oil, with garlic, with tomato, all those sorts of things. So that's what makes it so exciting and and so diverse. And like you said, there's so many flavors, so many things. Like, you know, there's a mole that can have 30 different ingredients. It's got chocolate, it's got chilies, it's got nuts, it's got seeds. And it can seem kind of simple when you see it as a sauce, but there's so much depth and variety. And I was saying to Edson the other day, I said, the the term foodie must not exist in Mexico because everyone's everyone a foodie. Is, yeah. Everyone is obsessed with food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very sophisticated cuisine and a very ancient and, and it probably deserves more respect than it actually gets because it's slightly run down with people just going for the obvious kind of cinema experience. Um, what do you think of, of ordinary Mexican food in, in England, the food that is passed off as Mexican? Are you interested in it? Does it lead people to your more specialised gourmet Mexican food? Well, I think that um, it's interesting because the first time I came here 12, 13 years ago, I saw like, oh, was fine for a little bit. But then I would start like literally craving for the Mexican, Mexican restaurant. And there was nothing at that time. Then obviously Oaxaca and another other restaurants, you know, in the city. Then six, seven years ago, we came with the idea of, okay, let's do a proper taqueria. And we have seen a lot of people, um, other chefs, colleagues, Mexicans, non-Mexicans doing Mexican food. And I've seen how, in general, Londoners and everyone who, you know, um, really enjoys Mexican food and wants to know more and wants to try more. And it's more curious about not only the spiciness and not only tacos, they are more adventurous to try other things. So I'm pleased because obviously... The more we are, the better food we will get and the more supply chain and there will be more demand. And, and people will start cooking and enjoying the, the more rarefied ingredients exactly. and they'll start to become available. And now you can see on Netflix, you know, interesting programs about Mexican food. You can see, you know, Enrique Olvera going to New York and doing, you know, um, fine dining and expanding, you know, and I think that is very important. But one thing I want to say is like, obviously... Tacos is a way of life. You eat everything in a taco. Everything that your mom, grandma does, you put in a tortilla, add salsa, and that's the basic of Mexican food. If you cannot understand how a taco works in terms of good corn, good tortilla, you know, um, 
properly heated, and then the protein or the vegetable, and then the salsa, you know, that's the basic. It's the acidity, it's the fat, it's the corn, it's how you present that. And if you understand that, Mexican food is, is like... It's, a, it's such a friendly form of eating and, yeah. and cooking. It's great fun to cook as well. So using your hands it, as well. It's immersive. Yeah. You get involved. Is it? You know, you're folding things. You're wrapping stuff. You're wrapping the table. You're, you're, you're making a mess. It's what food is about. It's, it should be about fun. You got kids. You, you know, it's about getting. They they want to be involved and get. You know, it's it's a really it's a, it's a food like that is amazing. And Mexican food leads it to being. You know, it's a it's a really immersive and fun experience to be a part of. The, the one thing I got question you talk, mentioned. About the tortilla, and you're constantly talking about it being the corn, mm-hmm. uh, where that comes from. But is, is there a preference to corn or flour tortilla, or is one is Mexican tortilla is corn? That is it. The flour one is something that's made up for somebody else. That's it. It's fine. Is it? Is it got to be a corn tortilla to be Mexican? Mm, I would say yes. <laughs> However, north of Mexico, they use a lot of flour tortilla with with tortilla. But the reason why I'm saying yes is because it's a Mesoamerican um, way of transforming the corn. So the indigenous people found that through nixtamalization, so nixtamalizing the corn, they get all the proteins from the corn, and they will be able to turn into a dough, flexible enough, to make the tortillas, to make the gorditas, to make the sopes, to make the tamales. So I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say what is nixtamal that word. So that implies <laughs> well, nixtamalization. Nixtamalization. Yeah. It's basically you dry the corn. You get the corn kernels, and then you cook in an alkaline solution, which is limestone, but could also do with ashes. So traditionally, like um, indigenous people, through alkaline solutions, you cook the corn. So the corn develops the protein. It's better for your health. It's better for your digestion. It has all the nutrients you need, and you transform that dry element into a dough, and that's where you get the tortilla. So I think that that was a huge shift into Mesoamerican way of eating because that also be a, was adapted and adopted by Guatemala, Salvador, you know, all the uh, Central American countries as well. And that's I will. I think that the corn it's it's a key it's a key ingredient. And it all starts with the corn tortilla history. So it has that history of where it comes from. So the corn tortilla is the one. The corn tortilla. Yeah. Yes. However, if you if we go to north, we will get we will get the tacos with with flour tortilla and it tastes delicious. Still to come on BBC Good Foods podcast with Tom Kerridge. And would you roll that or would you eat that? Flat. I'd um, like to know the protocol. I like to do everything correctly. Interestingly, the protocol, the, the, the only protocol you need to follow is like, you need to avoid any part of the taco to fall apart. And when, when, <laughs> oh, I've got that wrong already. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. We have a couple of questions from our um, virtual audience, our social media audience, from um, Cynthia Makin. What is a good substitute for Oaxaca cheese? As a half Mexican, I miss it. So I'm not sure what Oaxaca cheese is, but uh, but uh, Cynthia's missing it. Well, it's, it's a fresh, stringy cheese, which you use a lot in quesadillas, where you fold the tortilla, you put the cheese in and then it's a melted cheese so i would say the closest substitute is probably a mozzarella like a really nice mozzarella maybe even like a buffalo mozzarella which has a bit more bit more flavor and then we we use that yeah um, sadly um, gringaderi kristen closed her business last year but she trained for seven eight years producing fantastic mexican cheeses producing them yeah, like oaxaca right. chihuahua yeah. and queso fresco yeah oaxaca but, cheese is kind of like it's pulled and it's and it's traditionally when you see a full cheese it's kind of like tied in a knot isn't it exactly. it's like a, yeah yes. it's pulled and tied in a knot and it has texturally like mozzarella not big in, it's not strong flavor it's not like a strong no. Flavor. no it's not like a blue cheese or a cheddar no. or is no, it no, but no, it's, it's a like soft textural yeah it looks beautiful it looks amazing it looks like cheese you haven't seen if you don't know it is it tied into this knot and it's a lovely ball it looks a it's a beautiful looking fit okay so mozzarella for cynthia and (laughs) and i'm sure she'll be happy with that thank you for advice i hope i hope (laughs) (laughs) and then jamie chamberlain what dish would you recommend as the focal point of a mexican themed dinner party oh um well, there are so many. There are so many. <laughs> it's got to be grasshoppers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's got to be something that they can get, the, the ingredients that they can get quite quite easily. So it needs to be relatively mainstream. And then with any luck, Jamie will head to your restaurant and graduate and then go to Mexico and end up maybe as an importer of Mexican ingredients. I think, I think that... Um, I think that... It will be possible to do a really interesting rub with the dried chilies are available in supermarkets, like a dried chilies, like chipotle. Sometimes I see habanero. Sometimes I see guajillo in a few supermarkets. And, I mean, just Google or check a few recipes. What I like when I do cooking classes, what I like to um, really transmit is a lot of people really want to follow a recipe, you know, step by step. And sometimes that doesn't work. Because you need to be uh, flexible enough, you need to try it many times, and you need to know your audience. So if it says chicken, just try with pork or try with vegetables. But I think that the smokiness, the smokiness and and and, and the marinade could be uh, um, essential in that. And I don't know, we can talk we can talk about a tinga, we can talk about pibil, we can talk about barbacoa. So those are the terms that if we generally wanted to go more advanced in terms of cooking, um, referring to tinga or, or barbacoa or pibil, it, it has a lot of reference. And what are they? How, what, how, what about, how about the pork that you made at my birthday once that everybody raved about, the pork carnitas? Why don't you describe that So dish? pork carnitas is essentially pork confit. We add a little bit of orange. We add a little bit of Mexican Coca-Cola. 
and then um, we make it crispy and we put salsa verde on top, which is tomatillo, serranos, coriander. So the fattiness of the pork and the acidity of the salsa verde and the spiciness of the serrano, just the contrast is white. Wow. And that's, uh, so that's ca- carnitas. Carnitas. And would you serve that with a tortilla? Of course. And, of course. <laughs> and guacamole? Yes. And uh, salsa? Yeah. And anything else? And uh, maybe got- like um, chopped coriander, chopped chop onion, cor- a few radishes. So for those who don't like onion, just go with coriander, you know. For yeah. those who don't want um, radishes, just go with uh, on its own. And it doesn't have to be incredibly complex. You know, one no. of the most, the dishes that people most love at the restaurant are the pork belly tacos with salsa verde. And when we first opened, we had a very simple taqueria and they were, you know, simply presented tacos, how you would have in a road shack in Mexico, like you said. And people that came were really blown away because they didn't really know that was Mexican food. So it's not about making it really complicated, really sophisticated, really incredibly presented. It's just those flavours with, you know, with ingredients that people like. I think the reason people like that pork dish, Edson did, because people have had, you know, people love pork belly, people love pulled pork, but it had a completely different flavour profile, which I think is what is exciting for people. Now, you mentioned tacos, Natalie, and I'm delighted to say that in the wings we have Jack about to serve a Tom Carriage Mexican recipe <laughs> yeah, for spice Yeah, I feel massively embarrassed right tacos. now. Like, it might, it, it may tuna taste tacos. a whole, yeah, it may taste a whole lot better if we put grasshopper and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So this looks delicious. Well, oh, you see, it's got that Mexican look, that lovely, colourful, vibrant look. Th- that is, so the it's the one thing that you know when you know about Mexican food and you learn about Mexican food and you look at it. It is about colours and you imagine uh, when Edson was talking about going to the market with his mm-hmm. grandma and you get, and you, you can just straight away visualise the colours, the flavours, the smells, the noise, the energy, everything about Mexican food to me it, it, when you when you read about it or see it or look it up or and eat it is about, there's an energy, there's a real vibrancy to it. There, nothing about it is about that soft, comforting, Relax, chilled. It's there is an energy. There's a passion. There's a you know there there is that kind of wonderful spiciness to it, vibrancy, alive. Everything about it makes you feel that it's going to be and, and fun. And yes. fun is really important. That's the people, isn't it? That's what Mexican people are like. That's where it's coming from. That energy, isn't it? That they're vivacious and joyous and we alive. like to think so <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But yeah, you walk down the street in mexico and you go to a taco stall and you see the ladies making the tacos making the tostadas and that's all part of the fun you know watching them them serving the food talking to them you know it brings the streets of the country alive as well there is there so, was one market in mexico in oaxaca city called 20 de noviembre and there is one um ale called pasillo de humo and there are some meat uh, vendors where you go there, you choose your meat, you choose the tortillas from another tortilla vendors, you go and choose your vegetables, and you sat down in the same L. So it's great to see diversity. You choose your producer, and they cook it in front of you. Uh, I mean, going there to the market and see how colorful it is and get all the ingredients from one place from small producers and need it there, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I think that it's, that's um, what Mexican food is about, the freshness of the ingredients. Well, we've got a very exciting plate in front of us, which is a small tortilla. Now, tortillas come in different sizes. Would you call that? I'd say that a little, that's a little one, this one, isn't it? Yeah. Little tortilla. And then it's got some guacamole spread on it. And 
Tom, your guacamole is a bit smoother than Edson's. Edson's is quite chunky. Should it be chunky or, or is it just it, how you woke up that day, Edson? I think that uh, in terms of guacamole, I'm a purist and I would like chunky. I like chunky. chunky. However, we have so many different variations of guacamole. There is all a, a, a guacamole taquero. So if you go to a taqueria in Mexico City, you have the normal guacamole or the guacamole taquero, which is essentially less avocado and a little bit more um, vegetables or water or stock. And it's a little bit more loose. So I, it's Run it, yeah. just so you can add it But more. it's traditional guacamole. Is it quite chunky? A little bit chunky. I'm <laughs> never doing a smooth one again. That's it, that's it. <laughs> I'm, it's all about it being chunky. I, do you know what? That spicy salsa, I'm going to stick some of that on as well. You too. mustn't, Tom. Am, We're honestly, not going to hear from you again if you do that. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I love it. I, I loved it. I love it. So love on it. top of our guacamole, we've got some um, spice-cured tuna, which is cured and not cooked, and then some pomegranate seeds, and then some coriander, and very beautiful it looks as well. And um, Would you roll that, or would you eat that flat? So there is... Um, no. Um, I'd like to know the protocol. I like to do everything correctly. Interestingly, the protocol, the, the, the only protocol you need to follow is like... You need to avoid any part of the taco to fall apart. And when, oh, when, I got that wrong already. <laughs> so you need to look like Tom. Tom is holding the taco like great. And um, yeah, there are so many graphics in Mexico art um, artists where they, they show how if you need to lift the finger, if you need oh. to bend your head. And imagine like um, businessman eating ta in taquerias in Mexico. So they have the tie, so they need to put the tie just here. You know, and they eat the tacos. We have a lot to learn, don't we, Tom? We've got to stop them from falling out the other end as well. That's the other key. And never use cutlery. Never. Does fish be a big part in the menus? Does it have a big influence in the way that you cook and the way that in Mexican food? Yes. And what sort of fish is it? Because obviously it's very different waters that we get to here in Northern Europe. So what sort of fish is the main process and the ingredient? Um, robalos. Robalo is the, um, a lot of, um, we have, well, we have fantastic produce in Baja region. Um, actually, a lot of the produce there has, is exported to Japan. Um, the tuna there tuna. is amazing. Speaking of these delicious tuna tacos you made, yeah. there's incredible quality tuna, incredible oysters, incredible Clams, clams, las almejas, chocolate. Okay, I don't feel so bad for giving you a tuna taco uh, now. If no, you, if it's tuna, definitely no, no, really okay. authentic. Yeah, that's okay. That's there's, right, you know, the Pacific in Baja California, like Edson said, seafood is a big thing and ceviche is a huge thing. You know, people think that ceviche is just Peruvian, but ceviches in Mexico are a huge thing. We love... This has got a ceviche atmosphere to we it. We love yeah. seafood. And yeah. this is, you know, yeah. one of the most famous restaurants in Mexico City, Contramar, is really well known for its tuna tostadas and that comes because there's you know that's mexico city but it was from the influence of all the coastal regions of mexico you know mexico's long and thin um so there's 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 coast on on either side on and it's a, it's a huge part you know grilled fish on on open wood fires whole grilled fish is also um something that people love thank you tom and thank you edson and natalie see you all thank soon you. bye bye thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food podcast with Tom Kerridge. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. And to find out more about the recipes we've been talking about, go to bbcgoodfood.com. <laughs> <laughs>